0: Right. Uh, so you. for those of you that don't know, Dave is one of the deacons in the church. He's going to be preaching this afternoon. Uh, normally it's one of the elders preaching, but equally for those that we feel you know, God's hand is really on, and I'm sure you would agree with me that we
1: see that on Dave. So um, we're all really excited, Dave. All right. Over to you. <laughs> I'm excited too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so as uh, Simon said, my name is Dave, and uh, I started a new job this week. Exciting and uh, even more exciting, I got to the end of the week and I hadn't been fired. Which, uh, for those of you who know me, will know it's a, a considerable achievement. I've got a bit of a back catalogue of stories of being fired, and uh, so much so that when I was thinking oh, I'll tell one of those stories, I was genuinely thinking, which one shall I tell? I got and uh, so I thought I'd tell a new one, a new getting fired story you won't have heard because it was from a long time ago. Uh, and uh, it differs from my other getting fired stories in that I uh, I kind of deserved it, whereas so I was bad, I was I was naughty with this one. But uh, with normal normally it's just for like incompetence or or just bad luck. Whereas this one I deserved it to be fair. So uh, it was uh, in the little sleepy seaside town of Sidmouth. Uh, there is a putting green down by the sea. And uh, my job was to... I was the uh, putting green attendant, <laughs> and it was my job over the summer months as a, as a student to... Uh, I would take people's money and give them their, their putter and their ball. Uh, and uh, quite often people would give me, my friend who did the job as well, uh, their, like, bag or something to look after. And, it was, you know, it was a lot of tourists, and quite often they would give us their camera. And because, like, it's quite a monotonous job... Uh, we used to... Uh, we, we used to this thing where we would... Uh, if they gave us their camera, we would take a picture of a part of our body, and then... Uh, uh, like, a, not a rude part, just like a toe or a belly button or something like that. And, uh, and it was the days before, like, digital cameras, so we just... Like, we never... saw it. We just liked the idea that people would be going through their holiday photos and suddenly they would come across this... Whatever. And, uh... Anyway, so and uh, we thought it was a pretty watertight ruse we weren't going to get caught on this but one time I was uh, I, I, I went for the nipple went for a photograph of my nipple <laughs> and the uh, I left basically the, the logo on my shirt was showing <laughs> and uh, and so uh, someone who s- someone I think showed a massive sense of humour failure and complained about this <laughs> I, and so that's how I lost that job uh, so that has absolutely really not really any relevance to, the, to, the, to this preach today. I just thought I'd start with a stupid story. So there we go. So here, I'm going to actually start properly now. Uh, I'm going to start with a question. So uh, the question is this. What, uh, when I say the word church to you, what's the first word that pops into your head? Oh, I, I stole this intro from PJ Smythe, so if you're at New Day, don't shout out. Uh, but what? So when I say the word church, what's the first word that comes into your head? Have you got that word... Family, people, excellent. Any other? Huh? Bride, Bride good. I Don't know who said that, but good. Good answer. Huh? Mission. Mission, excellent answer. Anyone else? Come on. Rock, good answer as well. Come on. What? What comes to your head when people say to your church? <laughs> Am I hard of hearing? What? God's good answer. Good answer. All right. Well. Tom, Tom, Tom nailed it. Tom got us the right answer. Let's give Tom a clap. Yes! Tom. because my, So I'm on a mission today really to convince us and to help us understand that our primary call that, uh, of church is to be a community on mission. And when people say to... So the next time someone says, says to you what's church about, that you would instantly think uh, church is about seeing people saved, about catching people up, getting them into his family. You know, um, last week when uh, Goff... Preached and he said, you know, if if you were going to get the Bible and if on the back there was a blurb of what what's this story about, what what is the Bible about, it would be something like uh, God getting for Himself a big family, and uh, because God at His heart, at the core of God, he, he is a God about mission. He's a God about seeing people saved. about uh, He's about calling people uh, into His family, and um, and uh, as as I was kind of uh, preparing this. Uh, I felt really burdened because it's a big, it feels like a big slot, really. It's the start of the year. It's, a, it's the start of a kind of new series, and it's, a big, uh, it's, it's kind of a big moment for us. So we're, we're starting this week, and next week we're going to be uh, learning about how, how to talk about Jesus, how to share who Jesus is with people. And then the week after that, we, we launch our week of prayer. And then after that, we begin a new series where we're doing seven questions, asking people what are the, what are the big questions that you've got about Christianity and faith, and inviting not only you, but your friends to answer. And they can get answers to those questions. Things like, you know, why is there suffering? Uh, what about other religions? All those big questions. So we're, what we're hoping is that you get the chance to involve people in, in asking their questions and also that they get to hear the answers as well. And then in, uh, in May sort of time, we've got the Love Camden uh, weekend, uh, where we're going to be just going all out together uh, into Camden Telling people about Jesus is going to be a lot of fun, and uh, and so I just feel like at the start, I feel like I, as I was preparing, really burdened that that we would get this, that God would speak to us today, that He would help us rewire our minds, transform our minds, and get to that get that primary call of mission on ourselves. So let's pray. I'm going to pray for us that God would speak to us today. Father God, we thank you that your story. The story uh, f- right from the beginning of history, right from the fall, was, was that you wanted to call people back to yourself, that, that your desire is to have for yourself uh, children who will worship you and know you and come back into relationship with you. And I pray for my brothers and sisters today, and I pray for myself, that you would speak to us, that you would help us understand that your, your great call, as we look at Scripture today, we would see that you've called us to be a community that is on mission, that everything we do would be about calling others to you. And we ask, ask yeah, that you would, you would help me speak clearly, and we ask that you would speak uh, clearly into my, my, my friend here's lives, that we would hear. Thank you, God. Prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I thought it would be interesting, actually, to start uh, with our first slide. Who, I don't know if you know about this, the, Ch- the Revelation Church vision. Uh, So there it is on our website. It says, uh, so this is our vision. Three points. To see God's gospel succeed in the lives of 21st century Londoners, whatever their religious, social, or ethnic background. To build those Londoners into a Christ-centered community of love and power where they can be healed and transformed. And to send those Londoners into their worlds, equipped in the power of the Holy Spirit to bring transformation wherever they go. Pretty cool vision, huh? Pretty good. And basically, so it's... Two out of those three points are about sharing the gospel, aren't they? It's saying, tell people about Jesus, bring them in to the family of God, and then and build them in, and then send them out again to share the gospel. So it's, it's obviously pretty key to us as a church that we're about that, and yet I think we would acknowledge, wouldn't we, that where we've seen great kind of uh, growth and, uh, and, and excitement uh, in areas of the church you know we love that we're a close family we love our worship we love biblical teaching we would acknowledge wouldn't we that actually we feel like there's something more for us in sharing the gospel we feel like we haven't seen the fruit we we would have hoped to see isn't that right i think that's true and so uh we're not going to stop with looking at the revelation church vision i thought i would look to something uh, higher something inerrant uh, something that's uh, altogether bigger the bible i happen to have one with me today and uh I thought we'd just quickly look at a few passages and see just, uh, just what God says about mission. Because, uh, as I said, he is, uh, God is a missional God. That is at his core. And uh, if we ping up the next slide uh, in John 20, Jesus says to them again, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, even so I'm sending you. The Father sent the Son to save people. And then the Father and the Son sent the Holy Spirit to empower us. To see people saved. And uh, oh, let me just grab next bit. And uh, so next one, let's just gonna kind of whiz on to the next this is known as the Great Commission. Jesus says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. So there it is. It's known as the Great Commission because it kind of encapsulates what we're about. Encapsulates uh, what the church is. It says, we we'll go, make disciples, baptise people, teach them what it means to follow God." So that's our primary call. That if if you were going to say what what does someone who follow Christ who follows Christ do? You say, well, they go, they make disciples, baptise people, and they teach them what it is to follow God. And uh, so I want I want to think what. Is that what is that what we would say we we are as a church? Because what happens is when we look at the early church, we see them uh, grasping that, going for it, baptising folks, and 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 out of that comes the church, and 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 it's the kind of it follows on after making disciples, after sharing the gospel, and and so easily what happens is that we kind of uh, put first church, and we we kind of create church, and then one of the parts of that is making disciples, but this is saying okay, our primary call is to make disciples. And so we're going to look at uh, our next passage is about that early church in Acts. Uh, and in Acts 6, we, we, uh, we see that uh, there, there, there's some widows who are being kind of overlooked. And folks are... So the, this sort of dispute arises among people saying that, oh, know we're not caring. We're not looking after the poor within our community enough. And this is the response of the apostles The twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, it's not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, who we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. So the early church was kind of hit, I suppose, with a a bit of a temptation. So they could have... uh, They saw, okay, oh, we're we're missing something in our community. We're not quite doing community the way that that God wants us to. We're not looking after these folks. And what could have happened is that they kind of take their eye off the ball a little bit and, quick, let's focus now on this, but that's not their attitude. Instead, they say, all right, let's get some great guys. Let's make sure this thing happens where we're looking after our people, we're reaching the poor, but see how single-minded they are. They say it's not right that we should give up preaching the word of God. We're not going to stop telling people the gospel. So we'll devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. So they don't let themselves be deflected, but they keep going for that, that primary call to mission. And interestingly, the, the guys that they get to uh, serve a table, the, the, these deacons, we find out that just a few verses later, you know, Stephen, one of them, is actually this amazing gospel preacher who, because he's so... On fire for God, and so on fire for sharing the gospel. He actually is martyr for his faith. So even those guys, they're still they haven't lost sight of that primary call to mission. Um, So I wanted to just um, I wanted to just ask us. My my first kind of I I guess this talk goes in three sections really. And in this first section, I really want to ask ask us ask you guys Have you kind of do you feel like in any way you've lost sight of that that primary call to, to mission? Is there something in your role in the church where you've kind of got your thing and you want to do it excellently, uh, but you've perhaps lost a little bit of of God's call to mission within that and his call to mission uh, sort of overall. I'm going to share a little bit of my uh, testimony in this because this really sort of rings true for me. A a few months ago, I guess last summer, it kind of came to a head. And uh, as we said, I'm I'm a deacon and I'm the deacon of... Uh, calendar and communications, which is just as sexy as it sounds as, as a role. I mean, it really is. You know, it's pretty cool. And uh, and I found that. So when I when I got took on that role, I was I just wanted to do it so excellently. I just wanted to do it. I just wanted to be the best deacon of calendar and communications there's ever been, which isn't hard because I'm the only one. But uh, and so I, I was really. Uh, but I brought a little bit of my kind of messed up desire to please people in it. I brought a little bit of my perfectionism and my desire to be known as, you know, that guy who, who doesn't mess ever mess stuff up. And so I just got a little bit obsessed, actually, uh, with... Uh, and it's kind of sad because a lot of people, you know, if, perhaps if you're, like, doing the music, you know, perhaps if you have got obsessed with that or with sort of serving the poor... least that's kind of a cool thing, whereas I kind of got obsessed with like charts and Excel spreadsheets and stuff. Uh, But I did, I kind of, I just really put my all into it and and along with other stuff, you know, family commitments and work and other things in the church, I just found I didn't, I didn't really have anything left. Uh, So things, the kind of things, the ways that that showed up were things like I didn't really have any, I don't really like people that much, I suppose. I didn't, I didn't, my heart wasn't sort of soft towards people because I was just so I was just running around so much. And uh, so, for example, I, I suddenly realised one day I never really, I never really talked to those guys, the caretaker guys who kind of oversee this place. Because on a Sunday I'm just running around, I, I'd never actually given much thought to them. Or another example was when I would just get on the phone to people and you know about this job or that job, I would just be like how? I'd say how are you, but I wouldn't be, I wasn't that interested in the answer. If you know what I mean, I was just a little bit too uh, full. My life is just too full, really, to to consider people. And so once I kind of was convicted of this by God and I started thinking about it, I started thinking about my neighbours in particular and realising that, actually, if I was even going to begin to make relationships with the people in my block, I'm going to have to kind of basically carve out some real time for that to happen. I've got to sort of be hanging around a bit or... or I've got to be able that when I'm sort of heading out on my way to something, I can actually stop and give them time, rather than because I'm you know in such a mission to do things, and uh, and so I want us to, uh, and so I kind of I started I started kind of getting back a little bit of my perspective, and. Uh, And I started realising, basically, I was going to have to really turn things upside down a lot. And it might not be this serious, but I thought, I'm going to really have to reorder things here. Actually, some stuff's going to have to come out in order to make space for this. Because if there's one thing I know, it's that uh, making space to tell people about Jesus, it doesn't just happen naturally. It's almost like you've got to start with a blank canvas... And put that in first, and then put in the other stuff. Because if I don't, if I don't, that, that that's kind of it doesn't it doesn't end up in there at all unless I put it in, make make it a sort of priority. And so, like I said, just at the start of this first section, I just want to ask you: so, are there does this ring any bells with you? Is there a thing in your life where you're fulfilling a role in the church? You might be sort of in some kind of leadership role, leading worship, leading the kind of refreshments bit, or crash, or you might be leading a gospel community. Um, but you just know that actually you haven't—you've you've made that the thing rather than the thing, which is mission. And you've made that your kind of big, your big deal, and, and, and you've gone for it. But you've you've made a bit too much of it because what I realised was that although uh, it's great that Revelation Church would have a, a like insanely efficient deacon of calendar communications, uh, what Revelation Church really needed and really needs now is a deacon who just likes to tell people about Jesus, is a deacon who's got a soft heart towards people and and leads them in that way. And whatever you're leading, that's the same for you. So that the people that you've got kind of underneath you, what they really need to see, more importantly than you kind of coming up with an amazing rota or making up a brilliant new song or whatever it is, is that you are your, your heart is to tell people about Jesus and your heart is um, to sort of step out and, and go for that and... and and, and to make that a priority, and then they'll, they'll follow that, and they'll be blessed by that. So that's my, kind of, uh, that's my first section, all about getting our priorities straight, and how we can do that. And now we've sort of looked at, okay, that's our priorities, we've got those straight, uh, now how can we practically start telling people about Jesus? Would you like to hear about that? Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to tell you about that. In fact, I'm going to stop talking to you completely at this point. Uh, and I'm going to stop talking to all you Christians. I'm going to start talking to you people who don't know about Jesus, who don't know him. So you might not call yourself a Christian, or you might not actually be sure whether you're a Christian or not. Now, you're probably thinking, I knew it. I knew these guys were out to convert me. I've been listening, and, and they are. That's what, that's what they're thinking. Well, yeah, you've, I admit you've got us. You've banged to rights. We are trying to tell you about Jesus, and, and we're not trying to hide that fact. Um, but you shouldn't really be worried about people who, Christians, who are trying to tell you about God, unless they're doing it in a sort of manipulative, weird way. You should be worried about Christians who don't tell you about God, don't tell you about Jesus. I was uh, stood here praising God uh, at the start of the service a few months ago, and uh, Natalie Tarry came up to me and uh, spoke a few words in my ear, and I turned around and I sprinted out of, the, out of the room and out that door, and so much so that people were like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because they, they saw me going and they were like where's he going and I ran out and I ran out to the road to see uh, the tow truck picking up my car from the WA lines and, picking it, and putting it on the back of their truck and I was like no no no, no. actually that no, is more like <clears throat> it's more sort of manly no don't <laughs> don't take that you you <clears throat> cannot take that uh, and so they put my truck my car back down again and uh, they gave me a fine but it wouldn't be as bad as if they'd taken it to wherever and the pound but um but what kind of person would I be if I, on my way to church this morning, saw someone parking in that very spot and was like, Hi, God bless you. Uh, no, would, how awful would that be? Whereas I could say, hey, look, a, press that buzzer there and you can get in free to the school car park. Or what if, uh, in my kind of role known about uh, CAP, our debt counselling centre, a friend confides to me that they're in debt and they just can't get out. They're absolutely locked into debt. It's getting worse and worse, depressed. They're, they're locked in. They're like, what, it, what Of course, how, how wrong would it be of me not to tell that person about CAP that there's a way that they can get free from debt? Or actually, the analogy... I know my two analogies there aren't perfect because they're, they're talking about getting out of the negative, but actually, coming to know God isn't just about coming out of that negative place of, of not knowing him and being separated from him, but it's coming into something glorious and beautiful. So coming to know God is, is, is coming into something that is you're reconciled to God. Suddenly, your, your place in this world makes sense. He's, uh, you're, you suddenly find that, rather than uh, chasing after other things, because God is number one in your life, all those other things kind of fit into the right priorities. You suddenly find that... Um, You've, become, you've, you've come away from a life where you're chasing after uh, something and pleasing yourself. To oh, now, now I'm coming into a bigger story. I'm just a part of God's amazing story that goes right from the beginning of time and right into, the, uh, into eternity when God wraps up this world. And I'm suddenly being brought into this glorious adventure. That's the message that, that we want to share as Christians to, for you today. And uh, just to reinforce what I was saying about Wanting to tell people about it, Charles Peace, who was a a burglar and forger and double murderer, he was executed in 1879. And as he was being led to the scaffold, the chaplain walked by his side, routinely and sleepily reading the consolations of of religion. Charles Peace was shocked at the way that this man professionally read about hell. The wretched man addressed the preacher, Do you believe that? Do you believe it? He says, if I believed that, I would willingly crawl across England on broken glass to tell men it was true. So here it is. Here's the message that I want to tell you today, if you don't know God. That you are made in God's image. You are different from uh, the monkeys or any other animal, regardless of whether or not you think evolution is true. That's not the point. The point is that now you are very different from other animals, in that you recognise that something's gone wrong with this world. And if I was going to ask you, what was that thing? You might give me all kinds of different replies. You might say, uh, it's all about the, you know, those bankers messed it up. Or uh, it might be murderers and paedophiles. It might be uh, corrupt police, corrupt governments. It might be um, ministers who fiddle their expenses. It might be uh, natural disasters. But if, really, if you're going to look at okay, what is behind all these problems, the thing that's behind most problems in this world is evil and that is evil people that that cause most of these things. And yet here's the kind of killer bit, is that you are one too. So you may not have murdered anyone, although you may well have considered it at times, or wished that you could do it without getting caught. But you've certainly hurt people, haven't you? You've hurt those around you. You get irrationally angry with strangers. You, and when I say you, I mean me, we all... We're all the same. We're all sinful. You might, um, you know, you're greedy. So you spend money on things for yourself when that money could be used to alleviate suffering, even save lives. Uh, So the fact is that we're all sinful. And this sin, uh, if you imagine this is my sin, and this is God, it forms a barrier between uh, me and God. And God is holy. That means that all this stuff that I do, That is wrong, means that I can't come into his presence because he's holy. And he's also perfectly just, which means that he won't just let this go because all the thing, all the wrongs that have been done in the world, God is going to call into account, he's going to judge those things. But the glorious gospel is that God, in his grace, he sent his son Jesus, who lived that perfect life that we couldn't do, and that Jesus on the cross. All his life, he'd had this perfect relationship with the Father, had perfect access to the Father. And on the cross, he took all my sin upon himself and all your sin upon himself. And that's why on the cross, he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because that utter perfect access between him and the Father for the first time ever, is broken. And he can no longer come before the Father. And Jesus died for my sin. And the, the outcome is that I can know the Father. I can have that access that Jesus had to my Father. The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And uh, so a Christian, what's the difference between a Christian and one, someone that isn't a Christian? Well, the difference is that a Christian uh, does more good things in their life than bad things. No, it's not, is it? That's not what it says. It says the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So the Christian is someone who receives that gift of eternal life. And so I want to ask you today, you, you can receive that gift of eternal life today. Right now we're going to pray in just a moment and we're going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to read uh, a line from a, a, of a prayer and everyone's going to repeat that back. If you'd like to receive that gift of eternal life, then you can. You can do it today. And you may have been hanging around us for a week or two, and you might have been uh, sort of putting off making this decision because you think, oh, I've got questions. I've still got questions. Listen, I've still got questions. I've still got questions about it all. But I know in my heart, I I know enough to know that he's true, to know that he's real. And you can make that decision today, and you can know for sure that you've've you've, you've received that gift of eternal life and that you've you've been brought into this beautiful adventure this beautiful story of God's and, and you've been called into something glorious and so uh, so i'm going to like i said i'm just going to re- i'm just going to sort of read a prayer i'm going read it line by line <coughs> and if you'd like to uh, respond what we're going to do is we're all going to uh, repeat that back and uh, if you're here and you're not a christian but you want to receive that gift today, then uh, I want you to pray along with us, okay? Cool, all right. Let's close our eyes. Father God, I know I've sinned against you. And my sin separates me from you. I'm sorry for the way I've lived. And now turn away from my sinful past and turn to you for forgiveness. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins so I could be made right with you. I believe Jesus rose from the dead and is alive today. Jesus, I invite you to be Lord of my life. I want to follow you, Lord. Holy Spirit, please help me follow Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, keep our eyes closed. If you prayed that for the first time today, uh, if you just want to quickly stick your arm in the air, just flag to me so I can see. Give me a little wave. Okay, great. That's great. Thank you. Anyone else? Okay, cool. Now listen. uh, You can open your eyes. Um, uh, Just quickly, uh, you might feel like uh, okay. I'm kind of. I'm nearly there, but I'm not there yet. I've still got questions. Uh, We want to ping up the next slide. If you, uh, if you, if you kind of still have questions, uh, as we said, come along theobstaclecourse.co.uk. Log on. Stick in your questions, come along this Thursday. Uh, we'd love to have you there. Or if you just think, oh, I'd like a chat with someone about this stuff, uh, I'd love to have coffee with you, me. Uh, uh, so if you just email that address, hello at uh, I'll get that and uh, we'll go for coffee. We'd just like to talk stuff through with someone. Um, all right, I'm going to stop talking to you if you're not Christian again and I'm going to start talking to you Christians again. Are you Ready? Last bit. Okay, we're nearly done. Uh, so we just said, didn't we, that we've, we've kind of realised that we, we need to get our priorities straight. Okay, how can we practically tell people about Jesus? Well, I want us to quickly look at uh, this little passage in Colossians, chapter 4. It's, uh, we're really going to just look at the ver- first verse. Uh, no, not the first verse. Verse 2 of Colossians uh, says, uh, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. for evangelism. And uh, I think Simon probably will carry on a b- looking at it a bit more next week. I'm just going to look at that first verse. Uh, in my verse it says, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Uh, uh, now, so Paul is calling us to pray. Yeah, you saw it. This is, a, I believe, a good way of thinking about prayer. Be watchful and pray. So Paul is really saying to us, pray like a meerkat. So you know what a meerkat looks like, don't you? So in the, at a school, you get taught to pray like this. Whereas Paul is sort of saying, to pray like this. Okay. So I just think of that picture because you know when you're praying, and uh, and suddenly uh, God puts someone into your mind. Uh, suddenly, just I just find when I pray, I stop thinking about myself for a minute, and God starts putting people on my mind. So. Uh, he starts making me think of uh, folks that don't know Jesus yet. And I, once I got my priorities straight, I start thinking about people who don't know Jesus. I think, okay, how, how, could, I start, how could I sort of help them get closer to Jesus? Uh, one, some, so one thing that immediately comes to mind, I thought we'd look at this quickly through the kind of uh, prism, I don't know, through the, the, through the form of a calendar, seeing as I'm the deacon of calendars. So if we look at our next slide... Ah, oh, it didn't come out properly. See, that's the sort of thing I would have tortured myself about <laughs> for weeks before. Uh, so, uh, but you'll see that I've got a few things in my week here, and and then here I've put in a swishing party, which is a clothes swap party apparently, uh, because I know that uh, my, fr- it's Mrs. Mantis' thing, I'm not really going, but, uh, but I've found that the instant that my friends don't just meet me, but meet uh, my friends who know Jesus and see community, because you guys, you're, like when we're together, there is something beautiful about it. There's something God given about community. Jesus said that they'll know you by the way you love one another. So I know that the second I invite people into that sort of circle, it really speaks to them and questions start coming. So I put in my diary, I sit down, I pray, and I'm being alert, I listen to God, and I put in a swishing party. Uh, and then. And so the other sort of thing that you might put in, you might put in a Christmas party or a birthday party or a housewarming party or an Easter egg hunt or a summer barbecue or a gig or a cinema trip or a fishing trip or a trip to the game or a trip to the pub or a meal. You might just have a meal with some friends or your GC. But you put in something where you know that, oh, they'd go well with that person. And then you also start thinking about, okay, what do you like doing with your spare time? So for me... Uh, my main hobby at the moment is bringing up children. I'm, not, I'm sort of not that good at it, but I, I do it quite a lot and uh, quite like it. And I find that that's a brilliant way for me to just naturally meet loads of other people, uh, most of them not, not Christians, because you just nat- you know at the playground or whatever and uh, you sort of strike up a conversation, your kid looks funny, and then they <laughs> sort of talk, whatever you say, and you, you get to know people and you, you build friendships over this. And so there... If we go on to my next slide, uh, I've put in... Uh, now, I don't obviously normally put Taking Kids to the Park into my diary. I'm doing this for the sake of uh, illustration. But uh, And then I've also got my lunch with Bob and Carol. They don't actually exist, by the way. I'm just saying, some other parents. And so there I've got some... And I might invite uh, Gemma and Johnny, because they're pretty normal. And so and I know they'll get on, and uh, and, and we can begin to... So, so So what is your thing? What stuff do you like doing... That you could then get to know folks, and they could get to meet you and your other friends. So, for example, uh, I know Davina has like a knitting group. Kn- Davina and Vanessa, and they knit and they talk about whatever and they talk about God. Or we used to a bunch of guys used to play football and they used to, uh, you know, all play football with their mates and go to the pub afterwards and chat. That was their thing. Or like, so whatever your thing is. So, for example, I know Josh, Josh, big Josh there. He loves embroidery. And so he loves to like make little doilies and stuff with his other <laughs> bouncer mates, and and so he can join a doily a doily making club, and they can do that. Or uh, Mark Mark Jones, a uh, trendy hip hop artist. Where is he? I saw him earlier. But anyway, so he like, he looks really cool, but he he loves going to like medieval battle reenactments <laughs> at weekends. That's his thing. You wouldn't think it to look at him, but so whatever your thing is. That is a great opportunity for meeting folks and getting out. And then my next slide, I suddenly realised, oh, hang on a minute, everything I do, uh, that's ch- I put a load of church stuff up there. Actually, all those things are about mission, aren't they? So the family meeting this Tuesday, that's going to be all about how we are going to be a bigger family, isn't it? That's our focus, how we're going to draw other people. Well, I do kids' work next week. I'm basically telling little kids about Jesus. What a cool job. The cat prayer meeting, I'm praying for other folks that... Uh, that we're meeting through our debt counselling, that they would come to know Christ. My gospel community, we're going to meet together and we're going to pray and we're going to talk about uh, ways that we're reaching out and how we're going to do that. All this stuff, the week of prayer, that's a whole week there where we're just going to be focused and we're going to pray about all sorts of different things. But basically, it's all about mission. It's all about telling people about Jesus. So... uh, and then I, and then there's just all the little bits, which I haven't put in a calendar, but they just kind of, there's little bits during a day, and it's different for everyone, where you just uh, make space for, for telling people. So I found, like, lunchtime. So before, my lunchtime would be spent, like, I wouldn't go to, to the pub with my colleagues or I wouldn't, like, chat. I would just be about, like, oh, I've just got to send these emails and get this stuff sorted. And I suddenly started making time, and I started reading. Uh, I would just get, like, a, I would just read a bit of this, uh, just, to, just like for two minutes, this book, just walk across the room, actually for the next slide, there's a few kind of resources that I use that I just find help me kind of stay thinking in the mindset of, of reaching out to people, so this book, does so anyone want this book? Two free copies here, if you want it? Yes, all right, who else? Okay, look out. Good! Ah, oh, that was exciting, I always wanted to do that. So, did I smack... That's just what I wanted. Hit step in the eye. Perfect. Wow, it's like the best preach ever. All right. So, so just little things. So well, I listen to this uh, Ravi Zacharias guy. You can like get his podcast if you've got a you know a, a smartphone or an iPod or whatever, and you can just listen. I just used to listen to this on my commute and just he just talks about truth and uh, and and how we should just. He, just, he's an, he does apologetics, right? So all about like why is there suffering all that stuff. But I just listened to it and, and it got into my thinking and it made me more confident in what we believe because we should have so much confidence in the gospel that it's not just, you know, we're just surrounded by people who just think God isn't real and you'd be so stupid to think that. But actually we've got loads of strong reasons to believe what we believe. So I just found different times in my day where I was able to just Give a little bit of time to God. And for example, my, so I, my, my friend would like, I remember one time my friend sat next to me, just started working with her, and she's like, oh, I'm going to go here for lunch. I was like, I was like, okay, I'll come with you. And I was praying, oh God, you know, please give me a chance to just tell her about God, tell her about you. And, uh, and, uh, and we went, got some lunch, bookshop, came back, and nothing really came up. There wasn't really a chance. Was, oh, a bit, oh. And then later on in the afternoon, she just said something and made some comment about like, I was like, oh, good Christian boy, I don't swear. And she was like, oh, you're a Christian? Are you all... what, what do you think about women bishops? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> uh, so, so I just sidestepped that one. And, uh, and then her next question was, oh, what... Um, she, said, what she said, oh, well, your parents religious. It was a classic question. What, you know, really what she means is, like, you, you only follow God because your parents are you, right? And, uh, so I've got an answer ready for that one, because I know that... Because people always ask that one, don't they? There's a few questions which you can kind of anticipate. And so I said, no. I was a weird child, <laughs> and uh, I started going to church when I was seven of my own accord, and uh, and then and I was hanging around church for, for like several years, but actually I never really uh, I wasn't happy and I didn't I, I didn't really know God because I, my whole time I was there I was trying to earn my way to to for God to love me, and uh, I just didn't get what what the Christian message was about. And then later on when I was about sixteen, uh, someone uh, someone preached and for the first time I understood that, that God loves me regardless of what I do so I understood grace for the first time and, uh, and, and that's when I became a Christian and she, was, she said oh <laughs> and then that was that no actually we talked a bit more but, but I, just, I was just aware it was a conversation I wouldn't have had otherwise and, uh, and I had it because I was, just, I was just I was just alert I was like a meerkat right was like a meerkat Good. All right. And so, oh, this is my next one. So twos and threes. So be meerkats together. Be alert for one another. So I've got a couple of uh, twos and threes. These are groups, so we meet together and we ask each other questions. So, so when I'm with these guys, I'll say things to them like, you know, who are you uh, talking to about God? What? And I say, what's the next step for that? For, the, for each of these people, is it like meeting them again? Is it? Is it? Yeah, meeting them for coffee. Is it giving them a book? Is it? Is it saying, telling them you'll pray for them? What is Is it? Is it texting them a verse? What is it? Thinking always. How can we... So there we go. So I've given you a bunch of kind of tips, a bunch of thoughts. We've started off with, okay, how do we reorder our lives so that uh, we make space for this? Then we've looked at a few practical things. So looking at our our calendar, making sure that we put in stuff because we know that this is the first thing that's going to get pushed out. So how, how do we start this year, how do we sit? And, and, and then and most of all, I kind of framed it within Paul's uh, kind of blueprint here of prayer. So keeping alert, doing it all in prayer. And uh, just sort of to finish off really, I feel that, that that's, this is, the reason he does it is because we love, we love sort of steps, don't we? We love kind of rules. And, and if Paul had given us like a, a few steps for how to evangelise. We, we would love that because we'd love, okay, there's a, there's a few steps, but actually frames it within prayer. And uh, so to give you an example, I, so I remember reading these sort of steps once about being a good husband. And uh, I started, so I thought, oh, well, I'll give, these, give this a try. Follow these steps. And so <clears> there's <throat> things like, you know, buying flowers and... Uh, uh, LAUGHTER And, uh, you know, like, talk, expressing affection, showing affection, and, like, listening, listening to what she's saying, and, uh, you know, going out on dates and stuff. And so it got to about day four, and I was like, I was like, come on, like, why aren't you getting this? Why aren't you feeling loved and cherished? so annoying. And uh, and it's because, listen, the the way that I can be a, a... a great husband to Jen is not by following rules, is it? But the way that the way that I'm, a be- I'm the best I'm the best husband I am to Jen when I know that my Father in heaven loves me. I'm the best husband I am when I'm when I'm regularly praying and, and listening to God and spending time with God. And I don't even think about being a good husband; then it just overflows, like it just happens. And it's the same with this: that um, we can kind of have all the sort of strategies for evangelism in the world, uh, but if that's our mindset, if, if all we're kind of thinking about is kind of racking up converts, then people will just smell it a mile off and, and run a mile, and you know rightly so. But if we're just coming from a, a point of knowing God and knowing what he's like and loving him um, and knowing that we're loved by him, then it just happens naturally. So, um, all right. I just thought, I know it's... Uh, I've probably gone longer than I thought I would, but I just thought it'd be helpful for us. I've, I've just asked a couple of people to uh, share a couple of testimonies about how they've done this. Cause it's just good sometimes to see it practically how it happens. Sometimes it's just to realise oh, it's not as hard as I thought. Uh, can I use this mic, Adam? Guys, so Sally, maybe if you want to come up first, go on, Sally. <laughs> All right, so. Um, Why don't you just... uh, Can you give us a... Just tell us something about someone you've been... Telling about Jesus.
2: Um, Dave phoned me the other day about um, sharing stories, and I was just reeling them off. And and it suddenly made me realise, wow, God, you're amazing. You're doing loads of things. But what I want to say more than anything is it only happens if I say, God, today, can you give me an opportunity? And it's so right to pray, because when you pray, things happen when we get wrapped up in our stairs, we, we just forget, and we just don't get anywhere. So I've got loads of stories, but I've asked God to tell me today which ones I need to share with you. So there's two, and I'm going to be really quick, because I know we're running for time and stuff. But um, The first one is about how I was in my office, and um, I got to know the cleaners in my office at the end of the day. I was always working late, and um, I sort of smiled at them and sort of nod at them and everything. And then gradually we had little shots, and gradually, she got so comfortable, she started telling me about all the things that were going on in her family, and I, I just felt so burdened, that in the end, it just came out of my mouth, I was like, do you mind if I pray about that? And she was like, yeah, that'd be great, what does it look like? I thought, oh, I've really done it now. They said, well, we can pray now. So I said, all right then, so we prayed, and with that, it was just amazing, lots of exciting things happened in her family, <laughs> but the funny part was, blessed her, is I'd get I'd get to the office, and in the morning, if I hadn't seen them the night before, I'd have a lovely long list of what to pray for and the family <laughs> and all her friends and everything. But um, since leaving there, she's now become a Christian, and she actually prays for her family. So right. um, that was amazing. I've got another story as well, which God's told me today with you. I went to a wedding recently, and um, I was having a great time. Great wedding, wonderful, wonderful time. And then suddenly God said to me turn around, say hello to someone. So with that, I was sitting there, and I just turned around. And uh, the, lady w- the, the lady there wasn't even looking at me. I had to tap on the shoulder. <laughs> I said, hi, I'm Stanley. What's your name? She told me her name. And we got to say, oh, you know, how do you know them? The, you know how you do your talk at the wedding. I said, how do you know, so, so? I said oh, I, I know them from Shamsford. I said, really? I live in Shamsford. Oh, I haven't been there long, I don't really know anybody. And before I knew it, I said, can we exchange numbers and have coffee? And then the next thing, the speech of the best man came on, we exchanged numbers and that was it. Then so the next day I texted her and I said, what about that coffee? She texted me back and said, I'd love it. We're now such good friends that she's thinking about becoming a Christian. She went off to Malawi very quickly, it all happened so fast. I send a Bible verse. She asked for specific prayer, and she came back for Christmas. And she said, "I love the Lord Jesus. Wow. I love wow, Him."
1: Wonderful. Thank you. All.
2: So, you know, more than anything, just keep praying for opportunities because He gives them to you. And um, and I'll. This is to encourage you. I'm partially deaf. I wear a hearing aid, but I tell you what, I love hearing God's voice. Mm. And Ask him, and he will tell you, he will show you, he will say across the road, I want to go and talk to them. He will do it, he will give you opportunities. So, and but more than anything, don't forget to keep saying thank you because when I sh- when I shared it with you the other day, I was like really burdened that I, just, I need to keep saying thank mm. you because this is God, <coughs> it's not me, it's God. I listened to him, but he's the mighty one, he's the great one. So, keep being excited about him and keep sharing him.
1: Great, thank you, Sally. Uh, Ted, if you want to come up. I just thought it was great. What's great about that is just hopefully it doesn't feel like too scary. When you think about telling people like geez it can be quite scary, but it's pretty normal stuff, hopefully. Oh, yeah, you need that. <laughs> uh, uh, just uh, yeah, quickly talk about the fashion thing and then... Fashion? Yeah, just quickly, yeah.
0: Um, so um, I've spent about a year and a half working in the fashion industry, um, and I got to travel a lot, quite a lot with that and spend a lot of time with different people. Um, and had a few well I, I think when I was working in that industry i 've had most opportunities to talk to people about Jesus. Um, I think most of the people i 'd worked with had never ever met a Christian before, and um, where they were working was kind of the last place they thought they 'd meet a christian um, so a few so I, I, it would happen a lot i 'd either be um, in a casting kind of meeting lots of people um, and one time I got talking to someone. Um, he asked me why I was a Christian. Um, then he asked, and so I told him my testimony. And there were about ten people like waiting alongside this room listening. So that was weird. And then another time, <laughs> I was meeting with this photographer. Um, he asked my testimony as well, because he, uh, he used to live in Hong Kong, and I used to live in Hong Kong. It's a long backstory to that. Um, he asked me my testimony. Then I went downstairs, and there was another photographer um, and this other person. There were some models down there. And they were like, oh, are you the born-again Christian guy? And I was like... Um, <laughs> Yeah, and they were like, "Why do you believe Jesus is alive?" And I was just like, <laughs> "Okay." Um, <and laughs> happens all there like, quite a lot. Even the other day, um, I was working um, with two guys. Um, I met the stylist, and he said, "Are um, you a Christian, aren't you? And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, um, "Can you t- can I ask you some questions about Christianity?" And I was like, "Yep." Um, and then the photographer arrived, and she was like, "Oh, Duffy tells me you're a Christian. Why are you a Christian?" <laughs> um, <laughs> so I don't know. I found um, a lot. I think in being in quite a dark industry um having the presence of jesus with me and the holy spirit inside of me things happen um and i think it is that thing of being watchful mm. but things would always i wouldn't have to do much um and the holy spirit would create this whole opportunity and then i be like what do i say what do i say and then yeah the words would come cool and actually one guy um he we prayed um so story. Um, so I met this one guy and he, um, on a job and then he turned out he lived next door to me. And then um, we hung out a few times and then because he, it's quite a long story, but anyway he um, he um, wants to become a Christian because he was like, he's like, Ted, I'm, I feel like I've got all this darkness in my life. Um, can you pray for me? And I was like, okay. Um, and I led him through a prayer a bit similar to that um, and he received Jesus at that point. So that was really cool.
1: Right. Yeah, that's no, good. So, so you think? So, really, it just. So, how how come you get into these conversations? Like, what do you put that down to? Um, I think prayer. Um,
0: I pray quite. I pray throughout the day, and so I just put it down to that. Really. Cool. Like what you
1: said. <laughs> good. Good answer. All right. Thanks, Ted. That's great. All right. So uh, yeah, I don't know if the band want to come up. We we haven't got we've got sort of uh, ten or so minutes left. Uh, we're gonna take communion.